And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I'm truly grateful that each and every one of you tunes in to see what's up, what's next on the episodes. So today, this came as a question. Today's topic came as a question, and it's a great one because it's very, very common. And that is really my hope in doing this episode today is to invite everybody in to shake off everything they know and try something new. And what I'm talking about specifically is meditation. Meditation. We have this consistent view of what meditation should be, which is sitting cross-legged with your eyes closed, your hand in some kind of mudra or specific position, chanting maybe, or being still and quiet where nothing is happening in your mind and nothing It's just blank, and that means you've achieved it. And truly, that's just not the case. And so first of all, what I want to say with meditation is it can have very different reasons behind the act of meditating. We can meditate to find calm and peace. We can meditate to dive in and ask questions from spirit and our guides. We can meditate to try and heal something within ourselves, change our body frequency. We can try and astral travel in our meditation. There are many, many things we can do in a meditation. We can also try and find that neutral space of nothingness, right? We can do that also. The thing is, is to first of all, consider the intent behind your meditation. And then knowing your intent, your reason for it, can help you choose the way in which you're going to try to meditate. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the many ways to meditate without actually meditating. Okay, because like we said, we know the traditional way. So we're going to talk about all the ways that are non-traditional in meditation so that maybe some of these may help you dive into that meditative state to help you shift or heal or grow or dive in whatever it is you're wanting to do. And I encourage you to try out these very different ways to see what works for you. So then you know that if you're really stressed, oh, I'm going to do this one because this helps me de-stress. And oh, if I want to ask my guides questions, I'm going to do this one because this one helps me dive in better, right? It's all about what it means for you. And that is totally the goal of this show today. So let's talk about this. So when you're meditating, um, like we said, intent is really important, but There's this really interesting growing body of evidence that really helps us become, uh, is really actually changing, helping us change the narrative of what it means to meditate meditate too. A lot of it is really becoming more self-aware. And the more self-aware we become, the more we are reducing our anxiety, our depression, and our stress levels. 
giving us a better ability to concentrate, to remember things, to then create and manifest. It's just, it feeds in. So self-awareness is a good piece. And so again, when we ask ourselves, when we take a moment to become self-aware and ask ourselves, what do we need from this meditation? We have a better ability of picking the thing that's going to help us the most. So really the, the idea behind this all is mindfulness, being mindful of how you're feeling and what you feel you need. So let's talk about one of the most accessible for many, for many, uh, free, easy ways to meditate is walking. Walking. Walking is so beautiful because we're keeping our left brain essentially busy by doing the action of walking with our feet, with our legs. We're keeping our left brain busy. And by doing this, we actually allow our right brain more freedom to explore. So if I rewind a little bit, left brain is the part of our brain that likes to be very linear, logical, structured. It likes to know a beginning, middle, and end. It likes to know parameters. It likes to know. It likes known facts. Whereas right brain is our expressive, curvilinear, uh, mystery and mysticism and fantasy and what could it be type mentality, right? What could this be? Uh, it's really that creative aspect. So when the left brain is busy doing something, the right brain has an ability to be more expressive and creative. And it's often that left brain that catches us in a meditation and blocks us because we start thinking thinking specific things, waiting for those known parameters, whereas the right brain just wants to be. So when the left brain is busy, the right brain has more space to be. So when you're walking, you have a greater ability to kind of let your mind wander, to let your mind explore where it needs to explore. Sometimes certain things you see will give you a, a trigger and not a negative necessarily, but or a cue to look into something more. So walking is really beneficial. Now, if you want to deepen that experience, and if the weather and environment allows, walking barefoot can help you even deepen your connection in that. Because what it does is barefoot walking either on the sand or the grass or the dirt helps you connect your energies even deeper to Mother Earth, to Gaia. So you create a different field of contact when you don't have the, sh the sole of your shoe in between. But if you're in an area where you can't do that, you're not going to lose out on a connection. It's just walking bare feet brings a different sensation and energetics altogether. So those are two options in there, right there, simply with walking, walking, pondering, looking around, observing, and just simply being. Now, if you can walk in nature, that's going to be even better. Because um, that kind of ties into the second one is being in nature. So walking in nature really allows you to calm your energy because the energetics of nature are, first of all, fifth dimensional frequencies at minimum. So you will then be bathed in an energy of fifth dimensional frequencies, which allows you to either deepen your connection to spirit or become more grounded, which can be very meditative. So going into the next thing, which is being in nature, when you spend time there, you essentially like sit in this pool of energy that helps you connect deeper. So it's really about you choosing what you want to do in that connection. How do you want it to look? 
There's a lot of research happening now about the benefits of being in nature, which they call like forest bathing, right? The energetics available to us in densely nature populated areas can really help um, boost our mood. Uh, also can really help us heal our bodies by helping take away a lot of disharmonic energies. Something even just looking up at the trees or the sky or watching the sunrise have an ability to ground and bring back that peace energy that sometimes we'd work so hard to do in meditation but can't. Nature actually allows you a way to do it when participating in nature. Uh, They also have, you can kind of like focus in on different things in nature as well and get lost in it. So you could look at nature from the the macro version, taking in the whole forest or the whole ocean view, then you can also fall into the energetics of nature in the micro view and looking at just a singular plant and, you know, falling into awe and wonder for how it grows and how it nourishes itself and how it's connected to this amazing network in the forest. Same within the ocean, these, you know, you look at a singular starfish versus the vast ocean and how it moves around in its environment. These kind of gazing activities, when we gaze at things, it helps us um, recalibrate our nervous system. So walking in nature is, you know, significant in the various ways you want to connect in. Um, Also, it can really help anchor us into grounding ourselves into realizing we are part of something so much bigger. When we look at the little micro version of an environment and then also the macro version of that environment and then look at our role, our position as we see it in that environment, we can feel so connected, so connected to all things. Sometimes, again, we can feel this awe and wonder of how big of a part we play, but also how big the universe is and how small of a part we play. We get everything depending on the perspective we look at. So there's something very beneficial of exploring or in exploring nature. So consider that. I like to personally go out into nature when I really need to recalibrate. Like if I need to recalibrate, if I've had a stressful trip or I've been working tons and tons or lots of readings and I need to come back down, I will go spend time in nature. And Spirit taught me one of the most beautiful things that I talked about in a video from Maui when I was in this labyrinth. And this labyrinth was in this kind of forested area And every time I turned a corner in the labyrinth, they said, look at something new. Because normally when I would walk in a labyrinth, I would look down and I'm following the path. And they said, don't look down, look around, take in something new. And so what I did by the end of that labyrinth, I saw so many more details in the environment around me because every time I turned back a direction, even if I'd already turned that direction three, four, five times, I looked for something new, which increased the experience and the perception perspective, even in that environment. So now when I look back on that, it is so colorful. There is so much that I saw because I took the time to gaze and gaze at something new. So nature can give us that. And it's very, very all encompassing is the word I want to say, because it brings everything into it. Now, another one that's really beneficial and meditative is drawing. So for those of you that naturally like to doodle when you're on the phone, maybe, or when you're pondering something or listening to uh, podcasts or lectures or things like that, drawing has this, this free flow state that comes through that 
it kind of keeps you so engaged in it. You're just, you fall into flow energy, especially when you're drawing and you're not, you're not trying to be so specific. Like if you're taking a drawing course and you're watching the thing and then you're drawing, I mean, that can be beautiful, but you're thinking a lot. But when you're drawing to just allow whatever is going to come through from you onto the paper, that is free flow energy state. And in that state, while you're letting the images come through, you can also have lots of different spirit messages come through. And so taking this to another level is where some people actually channel spirit messages through drawing. Those people that say they can draw your spirit guide or draw your twin flame or your whatever it may be, your aura, your energy, your soul self, that's all allowing that free flow energy to bring in that higher channeled messaging. So it's really quite beautiful. So drawing is a really neat thing to get you in the moment, to keep your attention in that moment. And that too can be very restorative and very relaxing. When we're super present in a moment and we kind of detach from all the external things going on around us, we are, it really gives our body the chance to recalibrate. Kind of like sleep does. You know how when you're sleeping, sleep allows everything else to be shut off so your body can focus on you know, mending and healing and doing the things it needs to do. Well, we get to do that with our mind and energy in a conscious state when we find that flow present moment state, like withdrawing. Now, another one on the list is housework. I would love to know in the comments, how many of you find housework to actually be meditative? Because I have found over the years that it absolutely is. So here's the interesting thing. When you're doing housework and you're doing it the same way that you've always done um, or similar, same sort of things, they become second nature. And that's actually a neat trick for meditation is something that is second nature because your body, your left brain again, knows how to do it, knows how to do it without having to ask your conscious mind a lot of questions or your thinking mind. It just knows how to do it. So it gets busy doing its thing. And so when it's busy again, you get to then fully experience right brain. So when you do this, it's actually quite meditative because it allows you more space to be in right brain. So it's a great time to ask your guides questions, ask your higher self questions, um, put out your intentions to the universe on say a new moon or a full moon, all those kinds of things. And you'll notice too, that sometimes interacting with the different textures or smells, like say the texture of your clothing when it's warm and soft and freshly out of the dryer, if you're folding it, or the smell of your laundry scent, or the smell of your essential oils, if you use that in cleaning, or the feeling of the warm water, the, the fabrics, the, you know, all of those things that add to your environment. If you were to choose essential oils that help instill a more relaxed state, say it's lavender. Well, then you're adding that element into your ability to dive into right brain and gain more connection. Uh, So it's really quite interesting how housework can actually be a gateway into meditative states. So something to consider. Uh, Another one is staring out the window. Now, I never thought of this one as meditative, but I do this a lot. And I really found this comforting when I was pregnant, actually. I wasn't able to sleep in my bed because it was too flat. My tummy was so big, I had to kind of sit propped up. So I found myself for the last, um, 
at least three months of each of my pregnancies, I would sleep on the couch propped up and the couch would be facing the window. We had this big giant window and I could look out at the night sky and the trees and the clouds and whatever animals were around and gazing out the window was actually so meditative for me. And what happened is it kind of stuck with me after being pregnant and having those experiences. And I find there's times when I've got lots on my mind, I will go sit on that couch even during the day and gaze out the window. And while my eyes are busy taking in different things in my environment, my mind, my right brain is connecting with spirit, connecting into my intuition, you know, letting certain things surface that need awareness. And it's so interesting. And I found, I once I realized what was happening, I started kind of testing that theory in different windows, different places. And it's very, very true. Gazing out a window can be so beneficial in helping you meditate. You just take that time to, to ponder and kind of watch the world go by. Maybe you're, you're noticing the interactions of kindness between people or people walking their dog and, and noticing the beautiful connection between them and their dog or you know the happiness of that animal as it trots by. It gives you a moment, again, to be present. Um, now, another one that we can say is sort of similar to drawing is writing. So automatic writing, I've talked a bit about this the last while, automatic writing or inspired writing can be very beneficial in meditations. So this is like, you could either do it eyes open, you sit at your paper, you take some relaxing breaths, you ask your guides to come in close to bring some messages and you just start writing and you see what comes. That's one way you can do it. Another way you can do it though, is you can close your eyes, put your hand on the paper with your pen or your hands by your, um, on your keyboard and you keep your eyes closed. And you bring in your guides and your, your, even your higher self or your energy and you just write and you write whatever comes out. And maybe what comes out is a story. Maybe what comes out is an answer to a question you've had. Maybe it's guidance specific that you didn't realize you needed, but you allow it to come out on the paper without opening your eyes. It's going to be pretty scribbly. But then when you read it back, you might be so impressed with what came through. And for a lot of people right now, spirit keeps saying, Automatic writing is a really great way to meditate with the purpose of connecting into guidance. But I'm also, my guides are showing me right now too, you can also do that to connect into your body. So you can literally let your body speak to you through your pen. You can say, body, what do you need to say? Or maybe you have an ache or a pain somewhere. Maybe you're like, um, stomach, what do you need to tell me? And let it write it out. It's amazing the communication that can happen in that kind of meditative state with a pen and a paper. So I highly recommend that. Uh, now, another one is music, your expression through music. Now, whether you listen to music, you play music, or you sing to music, anytime you're connecting in with a frequency or creating that frequency from yourself, you are amplifying your ability to um, connect into that meditative state. Music is one of the most significant ways to harmonize or merge with a frequency. It's kind of like the same as getting into a hot tub to warm yourself up is kind of one of the most efficient ways because you literally surround yourself with the heat from the water. When you want to change your frequency, you can surround yourself with it through music, playing music really loud, uh, loud enough as is comfortable for you, but 
playing it loud and being in it, and then also allowing yourself the freedom to move with it in whichever way you feel. And it may be no movement. It may just be listening to it and sitting there still or laying on your back. Others, it may be swaying or full-on dancing to it. It can be many different ways, but interacting with music is such a gateway to higher consciousness and access to those higher communications, to healing your body, to recalibrating your body, all of that kind of stuff. Now you could even stack a couple of these together. You could put music on while you're walking in nature, bare feet. Now, let me tell you, that will be transformative for sure. So music is definitely a big one. Very, very expressive. If you're the one creating the music now, if it's coming through you in the form of chant, in singing, uh, even in kind of like guttural sounds, if you're just making sounds, um, that all creates a frequency that your body is literally being and then hearing it. So you're creating it from the vibration in your body. And then you're also sitting in it and hearing it. And it's this amazing feedback loop that can be very, very transformative, which is why often people will find, um, women will find when they're in labor, they will start to kind of moan or make a sound. It's actually a very healing frequency coming from within for them to hear, to then be bathed in. It's very neat. And the body does it very naturally. And that's to kind of cope with pain and the, and the shift of energy that's happening. But when you realize that, you can also use that for yourself. So consider... Next time you sing or chant, close your eyes and feel what it feels like inside your body to have that vibration there. And then feel what it feels like as it comes out of your body. And then feel what it feels like to hear it. It can be hugely powerful. I've had some really amazing experiences with sound frequency and singing. um, And even sometimes light language can start to come through for some of you. And that's where you start saying sounds that sound like a language that are not of this planet. And that's tuning into higher frequency language. And if you want to know more about that, I have done a podcast on light language, so you can check back. I think it was about a year ago. Um, Definitely check that one out. But yeah, sound, sound is a big one. Um, Now, another one, the last one I want to talk about for now, and again, there are many more than just this, but building something. Building something with your hands can be very meditative. And this is really neat, whether it be like pottery or something you're building out of wood or even cooking for that matter, cutting and chopping and all the smells or um, when you are in a creative state building, um, you are in, again, that flow state. Anytime you're using creative energies, your left brain really gets on board with your right brain in that moment because the two of them need each other in that. The right brain needs the ability to fully experience, um, express, bend realities in whichever way, and then it has to communicate that to the left brain and the left brain then has to build it. So when you're in a creative state of building something, painting would be the same, uh, drawing for that matter. When you're in that state, both sides of the brain are working for the same purpose. And that is mighty, mighty fine. It really is. And that's why some people can create some of the most amazing pieces of artwork, right? These beautiful pieces of art that move or undulate in ways you couldn't even imagine. But that's when there is such flow state that left and right brain are working together. 
And in that state, sometimes we've had some of the most amazing creations on the planet that revolutionize certain things. But that can also be a state in which people can deeply communicate with their guides. They can also deeply heal their body because they're allowing all of that creative flow to move through them. So consider how or where you can build something. And again, I do want to say cooking is definitely involved in that. How you can be creative so that both sides of your brain are flowing together. So in all of those ways that we talked about, um, it's really about the intention behind what you're wanting to do. And sometimes you won't have an intention behind it. You just simply want to cook something because you feel drawn to it. But in that experience of cooking, you may then have a profound spiritual awakening from it. There's so many ways that it can happen. So consider your intention behind what you're wanting to do and the ways that you feel drawn to do it and explore it because all of those ways can be meditative. And then after you explore some of those other ways, you may then find when you go back to the traditional form of a seated meditation, you may be able to very well get into that state of nothingness because you've experienced the other states. So I hope that helps encourage you all to explore what meditation can be for you. There is no one right way ever. It's your way or the many ways that work for you. So thank you so much as always for joining me, everyone. And uh, I sure look forward to seeing you next week. Please do um, rate the podcast. If you haven't yet, please uh, rate the podcast, share it. It helps get the podcast around. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I 